You guys, survival mode is real and that's okay. I wish somebody had told me that sooner. So if I only get the chance to tell you one thing, it's this. Give yourself some grace because personal growth is not an overnight journey, but I can already see it. You are a fighter. We can't tell you what's right for you, but we can help you break down the intentional internal work it takes to know and love who you are. So that you can think thoughts that serve you, connect more deeply in your relationships, and spread that love with others. I'm Jenny. And I'm Joe. And this is Of Progress and Purpose. Hi friends! How's it going? We're so super excited because we have our first guest on the podcast today. Dun dun dun! And I'm going to be honest, I haven't done this yet for a reason because I I just need to buckle down and figure out the software, guys, but I'm procrastinating. So, here in our bedroom with us. <laughs> Let's call it a studio. Even though it's not. Yeah. Home studio. <laughs> Is my awesome, amazing, incredible sister-in-law, Mary First, who, by the way, wrote and recorded our intro music, which I think we've mentioned before, but fun fact. And when we knew we wanted to do an episode about Lord of the Rings, we knew that we wanted to have Mary on. <laughs> Yeah, so just a little bit of background on Mary, and she can correct me if I get some of this wrong. But Mary has two degrees. Um, one of them is in the humanities, and the other is in music with a concentration in composition and commercial music. Yeah, the official emphasis is commercial music, but I focused a lot on composition and some of the tech that goes along with that. Yeah, so if you need any media, composition, anything like that, she's your girl. But the reason we chose Mary, besides her professional background in the humanities and the arts and things, is number one, she is the biggest Lord of the Rings fan that I know, which is saying a lot, because I know some pretty big Lord of the Rings fan, not the least of which is myself. That's true. But Mary knows everything there is to know about all things Tolkien, so... Um, she's kind of my go-to anytime I have any sort of Lord of the Rings question. And the other thing is that I think that she really exemplifies what we are trying to accomplish with our podcast here of Progress and Purpose, because I'm going to give you a big head here for a little bit, but uh, Mary has always been someone that I have really looked up to when it comes to really being solid in who she is and knowing what she's about. And I really admire that about her. So I feel like between her expertise and also the way she lives her life, she was just a perfect fit for this episode. Well, thank you for those kind words. <laughs> I'm, I'm still working on figuring stuff out. Don't worry. Well, I think we all are, but <laughs> yeah. you've always been someone I've looked up to for that. That's the point, right? Yeah. In the interest of time, we are going to skip a couple of our segments today, but if you've listened to our show, Mary, you know <laughs> that we usually start off with a confession session. So today, we're putting you in the hot seat. <laughs> I was kind of wondering if you were going to put me in the hot seat. I have this deal where if I read a good book or series or see a good show, I get totally obsessed with it. And that's why I know so much about Lord of the Rings, because <laughs> I was obsessed with it for a good part of my life. <laughs> so my current obsession is The Mandalorian Show. 
I cannot stop thinking about it. I want to keep watching it, but I hold myself back. I listen to the music all the time. I'm writing a string quartet version of the theme. E yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I get these obsessions, it doesn't leave a lot of room for other stuff, which might possibly be a problem, but it wears off after a while. You should see her <laughs> fan art of The Mandalorian. It's amazing. We'll have to share some of that because it's pretty talented. But that's a good one to be obsessed about. Well, I can definitely see some pieces of the hero's journey happening in The Mandalorian. Oh yeah. By the way, dear listener, we are having a little contest, uh, if you will, of determining what our last episode in this particular theme will be. We've done Frozen 2, we've done Aladdin, we're doing The Lord of the Rings tonight. Then we have another one for you. But our last episode, we're leaving up to you guys. So head on over to our Instagram page and give us a vote on what you would like to see. Yes, I'm going to put up a multiple choice toward the end of the month. And I'm going to, I'm totally throwing the Mandalorian in there now. Yeah. I'm also <laughs> going to do Chronicles of Narnia, the books. Oh, yeah. And the other two multiple choice I have not decided on yet. So if you have an opinion... DM me at Of Progress and Purpose. Yeah. It'll be fun. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to say is, aside from her many interests, Mary also, you should see some of her cosplay that she does for Brandon Sanderson whenever she goes to, I guess we can't call it Comic-Con now, it's what, Fanex? Yeah, officially yeah. it's Fanex. Yeah. It's it's the Salt Lake Comic Con basically, but which she sews herself. Yeah, she sews them herself. Like it, it's incredible. So among her many other talents and interests, <laughs> she's also an amazing seamstress. We just Thank have you. to set you up with the <laughs> awesomeness that is Mary before we get into this episode, and then you will understand. Now their expectations are really high, and I have to live up to them. <laughs> you will. So getting into today's episode and talking about the hero's journey, we asked Mary to share with us three lessons that you can learn and take away from Lord of the Rings. Okay, so the first one I thought of is this. When you come on hard times and some things are out of your control, you can still choose how to respond and who to be. The first part in the movie slash books that this comes from, in my mind, is when... Gandalf and Frodo are in the Mines of Moria, kind of waiting to figure out where to go next. And Frodo is just kind of feeling the pressure of his burden. And they're talking about how the ring came to him, and Frodo wishes it hadn't come to him. And Frodo says, I wish it need not have happened in my time. So do I, said Gandalf, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. And this applies to our personal lives as well as looking at the world around us. Everybody, no matter what, is going to come on hard times. And you wonder, why is this happening to me? Or why is this happening to somebody that I love? Or you could look at the world and be like, how could things get so bad? Just like Sam says later on in the series. And some things we don't get to decide. But we still get to decide what to do with what we can. Make something out of it. Make something good come out of it. And make something out of ourselves. We don't have to let those circumstances determine who we are. We still have that part of ourselves. I like that. And I thought it was interesting how you brought out self-doubt. Because sometimes it's 
ourselves who are standing in our own way. And Mm -hmm. we don't realize that we have that decision to make. And Frodo's a really good example of that, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, the biggest struggle in my life, personally, is just my own self-doubt. And it's a journey I'm still working through and probably will for the rest of my life. Yeah, I think that's really true. You know, there are, there are all kinds of circumstances and things that can happen. But a lot of times, you're right, it is our own inhibitions that get in our way and that cause us to hesitate. And I think many times in Lord of the Rings, we see that with Frodo, the hesitation, wondering if he can bear that burden because he understands the significance of it and that's it's a lot of pressure on him. And I think that as for me as a father... I kind of feel the same way, not that my duties as a father are (laughs) the same as carrying the ring to Mount Doom, but I think that, um, although sometimes when you have a three-nager, it's it's maybe similar. (laughs) I've not heard that term yet. Some days I I think I'd rather take on the uh, Valley of Gorgoroth with the uh, 10,000 orcs, but... (laughs) But there's a lot on it, you know, a lot on you and a lot on your shoulders as a parent or or whatever else you're doing. And it can be frightening to think about what needs to be done, making sure that um, all of my family's needs are met and not just physical needs. You know, obviously, that's a big part of my job as a father is making sure there's food on the table and a roof overhead and stuff, but also emotional needs and it can be overwhelming at times to think of all of the things that I have to do and there's not enough time to do it. I don't have energy to do everything plus take care of myself. So sometimes that doubt really does get in the way and it does kind of cause us to hesitate and to wonder if we're cut out for the task. But to bring it back to your point here, I really think that a lot of that stuff is out of our control and, and our circumstances. We can't always dictate what those are going to be, but we can determine what our choices are going to be. And in reference to some of our earlier episodes, we can take that next step and do the next right thing, right? You know, just like in Frozen. <laughs> yeah. And that was where you talked about your choice being your power as well. Yeah. And it's just like in Aladdin as well, your circumstances you still have the choice. And if you give that away, if you choose to say, well, I can't do this because of whatever circumstance I find myself in, you're giving the power away. This might be a little bit of a tangent, but when I think about self-doubt and the responsibility on someone's shoulders, whether that's a father or a mother, or if you're just an adult having to get through life and provide all three here (laughs) i know i'm just working on taking care of myself right now figuring that part out (laughs) yes and it's a lot to learn like providing for yourself and what your life path is gonna be and i don't know i've come across in our instagram one time i asked what your number one struggle is and i think that a lot of the answers that i got even though they were all different It made me think of shame, and not because people were vocalizing this self-doubt, but because they felt like the weight of those expectations. So I'm curious, like, when you feel that heavy on your shoulders, and like, there's not a lot that you can control, but maybe you have 
a to-do list a mile wide and you don't know where to focus and you're getting down into that shame of like, I can't do everything and that self-doubt, how do you handle that? Well, a quote just came into mind from our dear Samwise Gamgee. Let's just get down the hill for starters. Just one thing at a time. In the church I attend, I'm a secretary for the women's organization, and we have meetings every once in a while. We just keep talking over and over about how can we take care of our sisters, the people in our congregation, essentially. How do we do all that? And the thought just kept coming to me, just one person at a time, to connect with one person at a time. That's all we can do is one thing at a time. That's what it is, and I think... I get overwhelmed because I see it all at once. How do I know where to put my focus? Yeah, that's a good question. Still figuring that one out. (laughs) I think that that can be a challenge in and of itself, just figuring out what to do next. But I think the key really is to do something. And we often worry so much about, well, what's the right thing to do next? When really, we should just do something. And yes, there is wisdom in trying to figure out what the right thing is to do next, uh, where we should put our focus and spend our time and energy. But what was that quote you told me the other day? That action and thought don't exist in the same space. That's right. That's the one I was thinking of. That eventually you have to get through the thinking and you have to say, you know what, I'm just going to go with the best thing that I have right now and I'm going to do that thing. Another person who's been influential in my life once told me that a successful person makes decisions quickly and changes their minds slowly. And so I think that there is something to be said for doing the thought work and trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing. But at the same time, if we spend our entire lives thinking about doing things and never actually doing things, we aren't going to get anywhere. Something else that I think about when I think about this is not only not knowing what the right thing to do is, but when we do know like what might bring us joy, how are we intentional about making that part of our lives? Because sometimes we do know what that is, but it just feels like it's out of our control. And I think this particularly resonates with me as a mom. Like, I know I need more sleep. Or I know that I need more quality moments with my kids, but how do I make that happen? And I think what you said really applies. Like, at some point you have to get over the thought and translate it into action. And I know for me that when I do more, I want to do more because I see that, oh, that created joy for me. And then I want to repeat that feeling. Or conversely, you find out through action that that's not the right path. And so it gives you an opportunity to step back and choose another course. There's one other thing that I can't remember if it was Jenny or Mary said that I would like to riff on just for a second here, and that was the burden of shame and self-doubt. And I want to tie it back to The Lord of the Rings. If we look at Frodo, his burden is, is the ring, obviously, but more specifically, that ring has this quality that the closer it gets to Mordor, the heavier it becomes. And and if you watch the movies, you see that, you know, the chain that is holding the ring to his neck starts to bite into his flesh and it starts to dig into him. And, and I think that that could be a little bit of a metaphor. I don't know if Tolkien intended this, but for me, it's kind of a, 
a metaphor for the shame and the guilt and those kind of burdens that we carry. And it's important in that story to recognize the source of the ring's power to do that. It's literally part of Sauron's essence is tied up in the ring. And he is the personification of evil in that story. And so we have to recognize where those feelings of shame and guilt and self-doubt are coming from. And it's not a place of light. And so we always should keep that in mind as well. I heard once from Rachel Nelson of the 3 and 30 podcast in a podcasting course that I was taking. She said, the times when you feel the most resistance for her, it usually means that she's about to do something good. And it's a sign for her to press through that feeling. Should we move on to point two? One thing I really love about Lord of the Rings, well, first of all, we've got our hobbits going out and saving the world. Like, what can be better than that? All these little people from this little sheltered place, and they end up being the ones that save the world. But to expand on that, number two, everyone has a part to play. You may not be saving the entire world, but you can be part of saving it for someone else and for yourself. Even though there's one person who's called to carry the ring, and he has, has this essential role that is going to save the world for everybody, every character has a part to play. Every character has a journey, and we get to see glimpses of them. I think just about everybody in, in The Lord of the Rings is going on their own hero's journey, their own journey of self-discovery. Maybe not the orcs and trolls and balrogs, but maybe there's some fan fiction out there of an orc that's sympathetic and finding himself. I don't know. <laughs> but I would like to read that fanfic. <laughs> maybe you'll write it. Well, yeah. okay. So interesting fact here uh, <laughs> from the Silmarillion. Gandalf and the Balrog have the same origin. They're the same kind of spirit originally fire spirits, and the Balrogs fell to the dark side, and Gandalf chose the light, and so that's why they're so equally matched, it's because they're the same kind of spirit, one just, they took different paths. That's interesting. I really like what you're saying, though, that, and I can totally see this, that in The Lord of the Rings, there are so many hero's journeys that are occurring, and every single character that we become acquainted with throughout the story is on their own journey and playing their role in this epic saga that is, you know, the third age of Middle-earth. Right, third age. Right. Right. (laughs) So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that. Okay, well, you might have to stop me because I could go on. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of want to talk about some of the, the women in Lord of the Rings because I'm a woman and I can relate to them a lot in some ways. I relate more to the Balrogs. (laughs) (laughs) So some people have criticized Tolkien for not having very interesting female characters, and obviously they have not seen the show or read the books, because we have some very powerful females, but that's, that's not the only thing I'm looking at here. People have also criticized Joseph Campbell, who postulated the hero's journey. They've criticized him for showing females in the hero's journey as just filling a role and not having a journey of their own. And yes, you do see that in a lot of the older stories. But Tolkien, just like all the other characters, he gives them a journey too. Even Galadriel, 
who I think corresponds to the goddess figure in the hero's journey. Even she has to make tough choices, and she's had her journey. I mean, she's been around since, like, the third generation of elves, which is a really long time. This is why we brought you on. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, just, just as a side note here, Mary is pulling from the entire mythology of the Lord of the Rings. If you haven't read uh, some of the other books, such as the Silmarillion, Book of the Lost Tales, Book of Lost Tales, the Tales of Hurin, and so forth. I mean, there's an entire anthology of stories here that, that Mary is drawing upon and really helping us kind of understand this. So that's why we brought her on the show. I'm a nerd. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Loud and proud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Even she has a tough choice to make. Frodo, in one of his moments of self-doubt, which is totally understandable, he asks her if she can take it for him, if she can do something about this for him. And she is tempted. This ring could give her power to change the world, and she would want to use it, just like Gandalf said towards the beginning, to do good. But she knows what it could do to her, and so she makes the tough choice to refuse it. And that is part of her journey. I want to talk about Eowyn, because I feel like she's really relatable in a lot of ways. She is trying to find meaning in her life, and I think everybody can relate to that. She's been through some tough times already. She's lost a lot of people who were close to her. She's immortal with no special powers, just like us. And so she has plenty of room for growth for a journey. She feels like she doesn't really have a way with her expected roles to find meaning. It's not to say that like women's roles in her culture and the ancient cultures that it reflects, it's not to say that women's roles weren't valuable. It's just that they weren't the ones that gave you glory. And this ancient culture I'm referring to is like ancient Germanic slash Scandinavian culture, where like if you read Beowulf, the way to immortality basically is to be remembered. And the way to do that is to do something heroic in battle and probably die doing something heroic in battle that saves your people from something like a dragon in Beowulf's case. And so for her, she thinks that the way to find meaning is either to be allied with somebody powerful like Aragorn, and that's kind of why she goes after him for a while. And when that doesn't work out, well, the only way is to win glory in battle and probably die. So that's what she sets out to do. I mean, not all of us can relate to that. This is all going to be symbolic. So when that doesn't work out for her either, I mean, she... She does defeat the Witch King, which is pretty pretty awesome. awesome. And she even has her own sidekick, which is Mary, who helps her defeat him. Even after that, that's not enough. She's still got part of her journey to go through, and she's not really aware that she does for a while. She's in the Houses of Healing. She doesn't want to be healed because she doesn't see any purpose in her life, really. And she can't really figure out why. I was also going to mention that I think it's interesting, now that you tell us a little bit about her story that I hadn't really thought of before, honestly, it's interesting that she ends up with Faramir. Because I think Faramir goes on a very similar journey. He is in a situation where his brother Boromir is the chosen one, shall we say, by his (laughs) father Denethor at least, who was a 
crazy loon, but whatever. That's he's put interesting. It <laughs> interesting character study right there. Yeah, he's interesting. We could spend all night on this, but I just wanted to mention that, you know, Faramir kind of has that same motivation that he is this young captain of Gondor who wants to prove his quality, right? And he has opportunities to do that. I think he, he's conflicted, but he chooses to let Frodo go, first of all. But then he's still trying to win that glory, especially in his father's eyes, as well as the eyes of his people, when he charges on Osgiliath for that last time. I think that he's going through a very similar journey as Eowyn does and so I think it's interesting that they end up together in that yeah, house of healing really and stuff. So. Cool observation. I never really thought of them as being on such a parallel journey. That's really cool. I don't remember what episode it was. I'll have to look it up but in our podcast Joe where you said you don't have to prove who you are. Just be who you are. And I can see both of them going through that struggle. And I think that's a struggle that we all face. And like Mary said, it isn't like a one and done, I've got it figured out. It's a lifelong journey. So I think you're going to face that struggle more than once in your life. But just knowing that you're not the only one and trying to hone in on being who you are instead of proving that. And I think there's value in taking meaningful action, but your motivation behind it is important as well. Yeah. Right. Like we've brought up, like Eowyn did do something that helped save a lot of people, and that's something to be honored, but it wasn't quite what she needed to save herself. Yeah, and I think that, that both she and Faramir eventually do find the meaning for themselves and they find it in each other and their exactly. and their bond and their love because you know Faramir obviously doesn't end up being the king or or anything like that that's Aragorn's role and but I think that they do end up finding that meaning it's just in a place that they didn't expect yeah and they're able to find healing physically first but they needed spiritual and emotional healing from a lot of things and they were able to help each other find that do you know something that's interesting cuz I have been thinking about this since yesterday. It's funny sometimes how all of the thoughts on my mind line up with the podcast, and I didn't intend it, but Brene Brown said that the antidote to shame is connection. So when you're feeling that self-doubt and that shame, maybe it is about finding that healing in the people that love you for who you are. And I think that going back to your point here, number two, that everyone has a role to play, even if you're not saving the entire world, but you can be part of saving it for someone else and for yourself. And I think that's really the story of Eowyn right there, that she is saving the world for herself as well as her people. And that's something you have to choose. Like I see so many of these shows with the chosen one or read Um, stories and you know those are powerful stories like it's amazing to see like the kid from the farm or the shire go out and save the world but I love the idea that being saved is also an individual choice for each person chosen one or not I agree and one other thing that I wanted to bring up while we're still on this point is what you said in the beginning that the hobbits the most unlikely of creatures are the ones who end up saving everyone and 
I think that ties into what you've just said. Like sometimes we feel like we are the most unlikely of people to be able to make a difference, but we have that opportunity to make that choice to do something good. Well, and you might think you're the most unlikely for the task that you are called to do, whatever it is in your life, but you have something unique to contribute that nobody else can. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really think that's a huge theme in the, in the Lord of the Rings, that you have all these different characters and all of them, whether they are endowed with magical gifts or not, they each have some kind of superpower, if you will, that is their thing, you know, that no one else can play the role that they do. Everyone from Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, all the way down to all three of the hobbits, they all have this, and you see it in the story, you see it in the movie, they all have something, some quality about them that at some point in the story makes the difference. And the the entire mission would not succeed without that one person there at that point in the story. As Galadriel said, the quest stands on the edge of a knife. Well, they had exactly what they needed so it wouldn't fall off the balance with each person contributing. I like that. I did want to point out, so going back to Eowyn and Faramir, part of the hero's journey, I think it's part of initiation or soon thereafter, where there's a point where the character in a way dies and then is brought back. Oh, and you definitely see that with Gandalf, by the way. But anyway, (laughs) with Faramir and Eowyn, we were talking about their parallel journeys. Well, they both go through that stage, too, of near death, and they come back a chance to be a new person and to heal. Yeah, I think that's that's an integral part of the the hero's journey is that is rebirth. the rebirth. Yeah, that you know when you come back from that adventure, you are not the same person that left. And I think we see that in many of the characters in the story. Should we move on to point three? Okay, you can't carry someone else's burden for them, but you can be there to lift each other. And that's almost a direct quote from Sam. <laughs> I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Sam's totally my favorite character in the story, by the way. I think he's everybody's favorite character. I think so. (laughs) He's the best friend somebody could ever ask for. And even then, he at some point has to realize he can't do what Frodo has been called to do. I've run into this a lot in my life where I have a lot of friends who've gone through hard times, friends and family members, and I wish I could just fix it and make it all better, make it all go away. But that's not the way it works. And I've just had to accept I can't do that. But there are some things I can do. Listen, be understanding, and maybe more. It depends on the person, what they need, and what I can do for them. And I think Sam had to go through that and come to that revelation himself because there were a few points along the way where he wanted to take that burden on himself so he wouldn't have to watch his friend go through that. When he even does at one point after yeah. after Shelob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are some discrepancies between the film and the book that I could go on. So I'll let you do that for yourself if you're interested to read the book and haven't yet. But you can feel overwhelmed when you have to care for somebody who's going through a really hard time. But advice I've gotten over and over again is make sure you're taking care of yourself too. And that might seem selfish initially, but how can you be there for somebody else if you're not well yourself, if you don't have enough to give. And I think that we say that, and a lot of people don't really understand that 
this is like a serious issue that I see with myself and others that we want so much to take care of other people, but we don't often take care of ourselves the way we should. We sometimes mistreat ourselves either emotionally or even physically in some cases. You know, we'll give our dog their medication religiously, but we maybe sometimes don't feel the need to take ours, you know, or whatever it might be. That's kind of a physical example, but I think that it's really true that sometimes we're so concerned with helping others that we don't put ourselves in a position to help others as the best that we can. I mean, it reminds me of Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. One of his rules is that you should take care of yourself like you would take care of someone who you were responsible to care for, a child or somebody like that. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, that you really do have to do that before you can really be of help to someone else. I have two thoughts about that. First is that sometimes it requires taking a step back because we almost get in these routines of taking care of other people. And sometimes the things that feel the most urgent are the things that you have a deadline for or an expectation for. And that's why you always get the back burner yourself because you can adjust your deadline and your expectation for you, but you can't do that with others. And so it requires letting someone down, but you don't realize that you're letting yourself down in that process. And so I think that it does require stepping back and saying, are my needs being met right now? Cause I haven't checked in with me for a while. And also I think my other thought was that intended or unintended, another consequence of this is teaching personal responsibility to the people that you love. Whether that's your kids or whether that's people who for some reason or another, they really count on you and you love them, but they need to learn how to carry their own burdens. And it, it's hard for us to watch the people that we love suffer, but it's almost like the adage of teach a man to fish. If you can help them learn how to carry it themselves and help them lift that rather than take it from them temporarily until both of you burn out, then you're both served better in the end. Yeah, and I think this ties back into, um, you know, kind of Sam's story that he can't take that ring from Frodo. It's just not something that he can do. And he has to watch his, his master, his friend, uh, suffer through that. But really, I think if he had taken it for a long time, I mean, the ring, ring does eventually almost, well, pretty much claim Frodo in the very end. But I think without Sam there, that Frodo would have fallen. But it was Sam's ability to support and help Frodo and literally carry, carry him up the mountain that made the difference in getting the ring where it needed to go to be destroyed. And so you really can't take someone's burden from them, but you can support them, you can help them see the path ahead. Yeah, so Sam did what he could and it did make a difference, even if it wasn't him taking that burden away. So, And I just love the image of them both running out of the spewing lava, the exploding, everything, and they're leaning on each other. And I think that's just, that image is the epitome of friendship right there. And it's beautiful. 
I agree. Yeah, that that moment in the movie. I'm not an emotional person when I'm watching movies. Jenny kind of hates that I about do. me. <laughs> not that you're not emotional, but that you're so logical. Because then I feel like I can't be emotional because you're going to point out to me why it's illogical. They're um, both important. <laughs> um, but that image there at the end of, well, as Frodo puts it, the end of all things, always kind of tugs at my heartstrings too, you know, that that friendship, they're prepared to die for each other. And that's kind of the epitome of how we should view those that we love, that we can't always take things from them, but we can be prepared to do whatever else it takes. Go with them on the journey. Yeah, to go with them. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes if you do carry a similar burden to someone else, that gives you empathy for them. I could go on about this, but... That would be a whole nother point, but just a side note. The only one that can understand Golem slash Smeagol is Frodo because they've both carried the same burden. Oh yeah, that's totally true. I Go ahead, keep going. (laughs) Anyway, so we're never going to carry exactly the same burden as someone else, but we can empathize. Our suffering can bring us empathy for people who are going through similar things. And that kind of goes back to point two in a way, like everyone has something to contribute. Our own experiences and trials we've been through can give us insight that can help others in ways that nothing else could. And I think even in some parts of the story, in a way, Gollum or Smeagol offers some of that same support to Frodo, even though he's kind of an antagonist throughout the entire story. Or... Half of him is. (laughs) (laughs) One of his personalities is the antagonist, but he does offer something to Frodo that nobody else can. This is true. And Frodo knows that somebody out there knows what he is going through. And I think that's kind of interesting. So I, I like that you brought that up. And I think everything that Frodo has been through makes him a more compassionate person. Like when they go back to the Shire now in the book, there's more. (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a whole a scene in the book that happens that's amazing that didn't make it into the movies. Yeah, I mean it's kind of understandable. There are like three endings in the movie already, but <laughs> this is called the Scouring of the Shire, where there's trouble at home and the hobbits come prepared to clean things up because now they have this new strength and knowledge and everything. Which goes along with the hero's journey, by the way. Yeah, you become the master of both worlds. <laughs> right. The magical world and the mundane as well. Yeah. And then Frodo, he is the one who is the most compassionate even towards the enemies because of everything that he's been through. The suffering that we go through does have a purpose. And sometimes that purpose is to help us learn compassion. Stepping into other people's shoes can be powerful. That's a quality I've really appreciated about you, Mary. Yeah, let me let me tell our, you, dear listener, about some of the first family dynamics. Um, <laughs> Mary is pretty much a saint. I know. She he is exaggerates the. A lot. She is the only girl in a household of first boys. <laughs> there were four boys and one girl, and Mary was the girl, and so she put up with all of our shenanigans. <laughs> we we were not easy brothers to get along with. I mean, we all love each other in our own way, and we would all do anything for Mary, but she has put up with a lot. <laughs> Let's just say that. 
I couldn't ask for better brothers. Anybody has crazy childhoods, I think. Um, and we've grown closer through the years and look back on <laughs> interesting shenanigans with laughter. <laughs> yeah, good times. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it and your time. And really quickly, do you want to recap your three lessons from Lord of the Rings for us? Okay, first one, when you come on hard times and some things are out of your control, you can still choose how to respond and who to be. Number two, everyone has a part to play. You may not be saving the entire world, but you can be part of saving it for someone else and for yourself. And number three, you can't carry someone else's burden for them, but you can be there to lift each other. And we usually do an episode one-liner and an action item at the end of every episode. But with you being a guest, I thought I would just ask, what is the one thing that you hope people take away from this or do differently? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me. This has been a blast. It's good to just... A, spend time with you, and B, talk about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, I would say expect there to be a journey in your life. Some things thrown in your path you might not be able to choose. As they say, if you step out of the front door, you never know where the road's going to take you. You should not have <laughs> unexpected journeys. You should expect journeys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so accept that there's going to be a journey in your life and choose to let it make you into something more. That's great. I think that that's totally in line with what we are trying to do on this podcast is give you a vision of what can be and help you to decide to embrace that journey. And we'd like to thank our guest, our Lord of the Rings aficionado <laughs> and otherwise awesome personality, my sister, Mary First, well, for being you. here with us today. And Mary, for our listeners, if they want to hear more from you or see more of your talented works or get in touch with you about your musical talents and anything like that, where can they get a hold of you? You can check out some of my music on SoundCloud and on YouTube both under my name, Mary First. And I have a couple of links on a couple of my songs in SoundCloud to Pond5, where if you are in media, you can go and find stock music, or if you want music for hire. Well, thank you again for being with us tonight. We really appreciate your insights and seeing things that we would never have seen without your background. So... Thank you again for being here. Thank you, dear listeners, for listening. Spread love. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. We would love for you to be a part of our community. You can also find more on our blog, including today's show notes at ofprogressandpurpose.com. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like to see covered, feel free to reach out to us there or on our Instagram, of progress and purpose. Most of all, thank you for listening. We know how valuable your time is. We'll do our best to make it worth it. Absolutely. See you next time.